1: Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing four weekly podcasts, Dum Dums and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, and Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, as well as four event podcasts with miniseries releases at staggered intervals, Curse Code and Crown, Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the Bad Movie Review Show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. Join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's Patreon.com slash Dumb Dumb Dice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising. And I came into existence because Dumb Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god part, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dumb Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com people slash Dumb Dumb Dice. That's D-U-M-B D-U-M-B D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back. Redbubble.com people slash Dumb Dumb Dice. Get your merch
2: Welcome back, children of the night, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am your host, Count Vlad von Lestat, drinker of blood, keeper of the Chronicle, and all around the Spooky Dude. The Coterie have arrived at Elysium and found themselves at the center of attention. Ridley used his street smarts to find an armed robber to pump for information. Everett almost ate another vampire, which would have got him decapitated. And Iris discovered an unlikely ally who helped keep Everett undead before the prince drew all eyes to Iris and the coterie. Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. Iris, you
3: feel the eyes of every kindred in the room turn to look at you um as uh we said at the end of the last episode uh you you're used to being famous but this is the first time you've been vampire famous uh and that's an entirely uh different um sort of experience and feeling uh as you kind of quickly uh glance around uh the room you see all manner of reactions to the prince calling you out specifically and calling out your coterie specifically um, you see uh, from some of the older kindred um, who you can tell are older largely because of the weird archaic uh, say like costumes for lack of better term they're wearing. Um, you see looks of uh, derision, um, some looks of um, envy, um, some just like completely un uh, unhidden loathing um, that uh, an upstart um, would would be given such attention. Um, and, uh, of course, amidst all of this, you also see some, you see, you know, Azaria and and her, uh, Coterie Noel just kind of giving you, like, little, like, quiet, like, nods of, like, fuck yeah. Um, but you can start, and again, knowing kind of social circles and, um, how a lot of status play works, I think you're getting the sense that you can see a pretty clear division in this room between what could be considered the old guard, and the sort of up-and-comers like the Tyrell Coterie. The up-and-comers seem pretty excited that someone like them is getting the shout-out. Some of the um, more established kindred um, who have likely been sort of scratching at um, the uh, the ceiling, uh, trying to get up in higher into the Camarilla are, are clearly uh, envious. Um, but most importantly of all, you, you see the, uh, the eyes of uh, uh, the uh, Marquis de Montcalm kind of boring into you as, uh, as the man uh, waits for your response. So you have two options here, Miles, and you can pick which, which approach you want to take. Um, you can either respond directly uh, to the prince, um, or you can attempt to kind of try and win the room over in some way, shape, or form. Um, or you can try and do both at the same time. It's kind of up to you. Uh, either way, we're going to get those sweet, sweet dice involved. So what would you like
1: to do? Um,
0: I would probably try to do both in terms of like addressing the prince in a way that would win everyone over to me.
3: Okay. So um, I think this is probably going to be etiquette and either charisma or composure. Unless you want to make a, a case for using a different skill set, but that that's what my, my assumption would be here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah.
3: Also, it's been... Uh, dear listeners, it's been a hot second since we played this system, so get ready for some like, wait, what the fuck? How does this work again? It's yeah. been
1: like... I think we last played last year so it was december 9th it is now january 17th
4: shaved twice
1: (laughs) tyler has a long beard that's the joke for the audio listeners
4: well i think just saying i've shaved twice means the time has passed (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's
1: what battlestar galactica taught me
0: uh four successes
3: Four successes. Um, okay, yeah, you um, you you are are successful in your attempt. Um, you can either role play it, Miles, or you can describe um, how you think you go about that. Uh, but either way, I'd like to hear what your your concluding statement is as Iris. But uh, feel free to to approach it either way.
0: Honey, I'm so sorry. I forget what it what he had said to me oh, that I'm totally responding fair. to.
3: Um, the uh, the prince had uh, asked you if you specifically, and what he called the Dunn coterie, um, what how far you were willing to go um, to gain control of the West End of Montreal. Um, the prince has just declared that um, the the age of the Sabat in Montreal is over, uh, which has been pretty much the, the lay of the land since Montreal was founded, uh, that the Camarilla is here, and that Montreal is open for business. So, part of this Elysium is to carve up uh, Montreal into new territories as it falls under the sway of the Camarilla. Now, it is important to note, A, Montreal is currently exploding outside, uh, so it's not like, you know, this is an easy transfer. This is very much a, we're here to kind of create a new kingdom um but b uh he has the authority to grant this under under sort of camarilla law but the camarilla is still trying to establish itself here so there's that weird kind of like um this was a big this tends to happen in war but it was also a big thing um when uh, alexander died and all of his generals were like okay cool what do we do who gets what how do we not make this turn into eternal war which it did um so, so yeah,
1: you're being named sheriff
3: of that town with no law. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. But like all the towns have no law. So it's kind of like congratulations if you can hold it it's yours. So, um he has uh and this is uh you know in his speech he alluded to the fact that like obviously the city is is in uh is under siege from uh the Inquisition right now. There are a lot of opposing factors, but he's also kind of thrown down the gauntlet to a room full of power-hungry autocrats who want this. Um, but he singled you out first. So the, the ask is pretty easy. And I think also to some extent, kind of something you can't really say no to. The question is just how you like, what spin you put on the response. If it was Ridley, it would just kind of be like, you know, I'm going to fuck up whoever (laughs) I'll, I'll kill my way to the top. But Iris is obviously a very (laughs) different person. And because of the, your own fame and the way you've been hyped, uh, to this crowd by people like Baron Magellan and uh, by Azaria. Um you've been identified as a leader of this coterie. Uh, also, because I think they'd have a real hard time believing Ridley Beef uh, is is the, the head of a coterie only because they're a bunch of like weird snobby assholes. Uh, and everett has been sneaking around thinking about who to kill so he's definitely not on on his arm in my mouth
1: everett's (laughs) not even in charge of his own feelings right now so he's not ready for anything else no
3: his his uh success was was quite messy um so yeah sorry i should have clarified that uh with that in mind miles how do you respond
0: um i think i'll just describe kind of the type of Speech I'd make. I, I'm not really eloquent enough to actually make it. Um, totally fair. But having been playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I'd probably take like a Socratic way of 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 talking it, where it's like saying a lot and asking a lot of questions, but not really making a choice. But in the end, kind of making the decision of of or the idea of unity and coming together and showing power against those who who want to destroy us and making it like us, Mm -hmm. a collective and Mm -hmm. kind of Mm -hmm. trying to quell factions.
3: Okay. I like that. So based on the amount of successes you rolled, um, I think the way that plays out is the, some of the older vamps who were giving you um, the side eye um, relax a little bit um, because in your, your version of this, you're actually making room for them, which isn't something a lot of kind of like upwardly mobile kindred tend to do. It's usually like, it's about me. You know, it's, it's Kanye West giving Kim Kardashian a hologram of her dead father and then just having that hologram talk about Kanye West. Uh, you, on the other hand, have opened it up uh, and have made them part of it, but also have, I think, by re the Sabbat and re-evoking the Inquisition, you've kind of, I think, set an interesting tone. Which is like, yeah, we're going to take the West End, but we're all going to have to take Montreal, Um so there's still some people who hate you, make no mistake. But um you've you've called some fears uh I think particularly with the older vamps that uh you're just another like fucking young gun, low generation upstart who's just here to like wreck things for the for the, for the proper people. Also the Socratic method thing sits pretty well with them cuz they're like, "Oh, at least she can speak the proper language." <laughs> um so there's there's some heads nodding and and generally some uh some good reactions uh, Everett and uh, Ridley you of course hear the speech um, how do you react to it?
4: Um, Ridley wouldn't uh, for lack of a better term want to like mess with Iris' like flow kind of thing like, oh, yeah. Iris has proven time and again to be you, extremely do capable Everett?
1: Do you mean Everett? What did I say? You said Ridley. Ridley so I just wanted to check where I was like
3: are, doing are we this debating again, what man. I'm doing? Yeah
4: <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yep. It's a Everett. freaky
3: Friday scenario. I need you to do each other's voices for the rest of the session. Um, oh yeah. darn! And um, uh keep in mind, um, sorry, what I'm asking for reactions is not necessarily like joining in. It could literally just be kind of like what's your mental state? How does this speech strike you? Um Did I all-
0: fuck up? Do you hate me now?
3: Yeah. You know, uh, are you planning to kill Iris next session? All these things are are kind of what what I'm what I'm asking. Uh
1: but that makes sense, uh uh Everett for Everett. Um Yeah. Yeah. I think Ridley wouldn't be crazy about the name, but at the same time, they're already getting offered something big. So, like, let's not fuck with that. He can establish that they're like a trio of more equals than. (laughs) <laughs> as our assistant at the same time i think there's a part of his brain that's like well i don't want to fucking do these parties anyways everyone talks like a count <laughs> like, yeah. so there's a bonus to not being the person who has to go talk to this asshole and there's there's something in that so a hundred percent
3: and i mean honestly i think it's the dynamic that you and iris have set up anyway which is like if it's a fancy fucker event iris does the talking if it's like a bunch of scumbags you do the talking and i don't know if you need to kidnap a baby you send Everett because that's what he's best at
1: <laughs> yeah everett will ruin it and refuse
3: to tell us how yeah great great uh Uh, This all tracks. Um, So um, there's some general muttering. Um, The Prince uh, kind of gives you a a slight uh, tilt of his head um, and then proceeds to address some of the other uh, coteries and kind of uh, some of the other issues he does. um, This is, it it is worth noting, this is kind of a pre um, audience chat. Um, He will actually be speaking to the various coteries inside the theater proper Um, but, uh, this is just kind of his way of addressing the troops, particularly given all the the chaos outside. Um, so, um, the, uh, you know, there's, there's some other, um, big talking. You notice that, um, some of the other, uh, people who are giving speeches or are, are kind of responding are doing it, uh, with much more kind of naked ambition. Um, uh, most notably, um, there is, um, a, uh, a, woman by the name of, um, Fleur de Lis Tempestra, um, who is, uh, think like, um, she's got like a Tessa Thompson vibe. Um, very confident. Um, and, uh, a, a, like, a kind of almost like she carries herself like a UFC fighter. Like she's just kind of got the, the kind of person who walks with sort of a certain physical confidence, um, that, uh, uh denotes kind of a good deal of strength um and uh yeah she um she and her coterie are are very eager um to uh to get involved and her her speech basically takes the opposite tact to yours where yours was very much it's an us situation for her it was like my coterie and i will solve this problem like it's still a we speech but it's like me and my buds not not the rest of you um And, uh, Iris, you are somewhat, uh, relieved to see that the vamps react to that, uh, the old vamps react to that about as poorly as they were set up to react to yours. So the young vamps are pretty excited because she's showing like good vision, but she definitely has, has pissed off the older generation a bit, um, And uh, with kind of the speeches concluded, um, the uh, Ryan LaPlante, the sheriff, kind of um, signals for everyone to uh, quiet down a little bit um, and uh, uh, shows uh, uh, the Marquis de Montcalm kind of into the theater proper um, where uh, he will start to receive audiences. Um, Meanwhile, uh, Everett, um, you have uh, finished slaking your thirst uh, from Sorka, who um, just kind of like pats you Kind of like, um, in a, uh, a sympathetic, um, but also kind of distant way, um, on your shoulder, um, and then just kind of, uh, uh reaches into one of her pockets, pulls out a, um, sort of a, a silk scarf and just wraps it around the, uh, the wound, which is already starting to heal up. Um, and, uh, she, um, looks at you with, now that you're kind of less like blood frenzied, um. She has a – it's – I don't know if you've uh, – this was certainly true of my grandmother, and I think it's true of a lot of people who've had uh, laser eye surgery or anything that – that um, or like um, – I forget what the condition is, but where they basically like correct your lenses like deep inside your eye. Um, their eyes almost shimmer um, in like a weird deep way that is a little unsettling because it's something actually within the eye itself. Um and her eyes seem to do that it's almost um it's almost like having double vision um as you you look at her um or like she has a second eye kind of layered in front it creates a weird um vaguely disynchronous effect uh that you find uh, a little unnerving but she also just really saved saved your bacon um and uh she says uh so is that's a little bit
2: better for you uh
4: yeah yes thank you i I don't think I can Look her in the I think immediately after the my regular faculties return to me, I think the shame kicks in of losing it a bit and and, mm. and giving in to the hunger. So I I don't know. Like I think I see that glimmer and then I cannot meet her eye. And I think I I need to excuse myself. <laughs> I'm like oh, pardon me, excuse me. And then gotcha. I like leave.
3: All right, fair enough. Um she uh she just seems to nod um and you can hear her hear her uh muttering to herself um as uh as you leave um she seems to be having a, a pretty involved conversation um which is uh not you notice that and i think Everett for you this is a bit it's something you notice but you notice that no one around her seems to care um largely uh you hear a couple of people muttering like oh, typical malkavians um which is a, a clan you're, you've heard of, just sort of in passing. You were briefed on it back in the day, um, but it is fairly uh, typical behavior for for Malkavians to be be speaking to themselves or to lamps or to other things. Um, so it's it's a it's an accepted eccentricity of, of that particular bloodline. Um, so you did kind of disappear back uh, back into the crowd. Um, what's kind of going through your head, you? Realize now that the sort of um, cloud of, of messy successive blood frenzy is, is off, that um, one of the two victims you rolled on the uh, great wheel of victims uh, was in fact um, uh, sort of, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, glamored, uh, which I know isn't really a thing in this, but you know what I mean, um, uh, human. Um, the uh, the nurse who is, is going around tending to wounded kindred. Um, that must sit pretty ill with you, I think. And now that the frenzy's off, Realizing that that line was
4: blurred must be a little tough. Uh, What's going through Everett's head? I mean, there's a degree of hypocrisy in that. In that, like, we have a whole gang of bear boys who are human (laughs) that like work for Ridley. Um,
3: I think. uh... Sorry, I more so meant that you almost ate one, which isn't something that that has that you. Yeah, you haven't
1: eaten a bear boy.
3: Yeah, that it was even. Sorry. No, uh, no, no, no worries. Um, but that you've kind of seen a, I think you've traditionally always seen a pretty clear line, and the fact that that line didn't exist is is alarming.
4: Yeah, I think that kind of flies in the face of what I thought I knew about myself um, in terms of what this new hunger meant. Um, I guess at a certain point, blood is blood. All
3: right. Uh, fair enough. Um, I'm gonna ask you to take one stain, please. okay um, as your your new views on humanity uh, begin to kind of alter the way you you think and operate. Um, Ridley, uh, you've just heard a bunch of speeches, um, and uh, you know, you're you're still pretty toasty. Um, I will say um, there is likely um, there is likely blood that you could stomach if you have hunger, I don't know if you do. Um, as we mentioned last time, there's like the blood is flowing tonight. Like they, they, they stocked well. Um, the catch is that yours isn't humor based. You're not asking for a specific humor of blood. You're asking for a specific type of
1: person. It came from. Um, so if you do, yeah, want- I think actually, I think I'm not hungry. Cause I ate a bunch of dudes when we were fighting the inquisition. Okay,
3: Great. Um, So that solves for that. Um, What, uh, what would you, what do you think you would do in the kind of last beat of downtime before being summoned to the Prince? You've heard a bunch of speeches. You've kind of seen, seen some things. Um, What is, uh, what's Ridley's take?
1: I think he'd probably just approach the others like at this point because he's kind of been flying solo amongst the crowd and kind of find them at the side of the room. Be like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but we're getting the whole West. That's fucking tight. Do they have some sort of fucking magician who can make me not this? And he just points at his like Cronenbergian burn monster of a self. I think he's asking the two of you, not me. (laughs) I'm not here. Yeah, no, you... Why's everyone so fucking quietly? Something weird happened over here. Everett, you look less pale. Dum Dums and Dice would like to welcome you to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I am Inquisitor Caveat Ventus, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and I'm releasing my report on the Valentine Heresy. It's an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. Join Ryan LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine and Laura Elizabeth and Tyler Hewitt as Hive-bred siblings Lyric and Alto as this unlikely trio try to save the Emperor from a cabal of mysterious enemies in a series created by Games Master Tom McGee. Can these unlikely heroes survive in a galaxy where there is only war? Find out in the first episode of Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy.
4: Available now. uh yeah yeah look i don't i don't know uh if there's anyone here that can really help you with that situation doesn't that take time don't you have to kind of sleep on that i don't know them? that's why
1: i was hoping there was some kind of
4: fucking magician
1: you know i just want somebody to go oogity boogity fucking i'm
4: fine i mean there's a nurse over there she's been giving people oh, blood she's been helping them with injuries but fucking useless you know on the whole we gotta look after the most injured people i'm,
1: I'm fucking fine compared to those idiots
4: Well, I mean, we just got offered a a pretty large piece of territory from the prince, right? Maybe that boosts you up in her estimation. It's not a bad fucking idea.
1: Oi! (laughs) You got fucking Ely magic?
3: Um, So uh, there are two nurses floating around. Um, One uh, is um, a uh, dude in scrubs and, and an outdoor jacket who is kind of wandering around. Uh, vaguely glassy-eyed, and then there's a a female nurse who is definitely kindred, uh, turns around and says,
1: fucking healing magic? What are you talking about? Well, if you look at me, I'm fucked. And if I had to estimate it, it'll take me fucking at least, I don't know, 14 days, 16 days to fucking heal this up. And that's if I go out and fucking eat. And I look like a fucking bonfire. So like, what the fuck do I do? You got magic that'll fix it? I got some band-aids. Ah, oh, fuck it. Uh, <laughs> no, she's useless. Okay, fuck it, do it. He says to Everett. That's fine. I'll just take my magic healing band aids elsewhere. Fuck you. Uh,
3: and then she wanders off into the crowd. They're not magic. She fucking sucks. <laughs> uh, she hears it, looks down at the band aids, and she's like, No, they're not. Unless someone who truly loves you puts one on you. And then all your boo boos go away. I miss your mom. Uh, and then she goes and like continues to bandage up patients. Oh
1: fuck, I miss my mom too. Now I'm sad. Worst fucking nurse ever. <laughs>
3: um yeah, unfortunately, uh there is no uh healing magic to be had uh at this particular juncture. Um there might be some stuff that'll help accelerate your your healing, um, but uh nothing. There's no oogity-boogity <laughs> instant heal. Um Cool. Um, so yeah, the, the three of you have reconvened. Uh, you have a few minutes before you have to go in uh, to see the prince. Uh, is there anything you would want to discuss before you do? Anything you want to talk about tactically? He uh, he did ask how far you're willing to go. So it's not like he's just going to give it to you. There will clearly be an ask. Um, but um, you're not quite sure what it is. The other thing worth considering for the three of you specifically is uh, there's been no mention of uh, uh, the Bouchards um, and you've kind of gotten hints from various other people that uh, the sort of Camarilla that tasked you with doing stuff may not actually be this Camarilla, uh, which is somewhat concerning. Now, granted there is enough kind of division based on kind of how crazy the world's gotten uh, with Genna happening and all um, over in the Middle East with a lot of the elders that it's possible there's just a miscommunication, but Everett, you've been getting kind of hints from people that something, something funky is up. So just also um, worth the three of you considering as as something you might need to address or just
4: be aware of. Yeah, if we're together again, I'll show them the text. I was gonna say, let's imagine we're Alan somewhere weeks. away from
3: the group. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah we're not getting like, overheard. No, no, it's it's a party. There's like uh, the theater's big enough that there's various like kind of places you can pick up. Plus, everyone's so fucking wounded that there's a lot of just like <laughs> people licking their wounds and kind of taking a breather, getting bandages and the like.
4: Yeah, I'll I'll hand my phone to uh, to iris and, and show it to ridley as well and say uh that's a message i got from alan fuse she's my sire she's the one who assigned me to meet with you two here in montreal she says that these people are claiming to be the camarilla
1: Oh, that's perfect. All right. So I say, we say yes to whatever they ask, as long as it doesn't fuck us over. We get really powerful within them. And then, you know, we just go and rip that fucking Ryan LaPlante's heart out. And then we just rip the prince's head off and take over. Then they become a part of our ongoing structure.
0: So is the plan to just literally go in there and tell them whatever they want to hear and say yes to everything and then do whatever we want later?
1: We're I mean, that sounds delivered <laughs> on those That promises sounds what the plan make, is. Ridley. It, it sounds like a pretty fucking good... You can't say fucking no to these people. I, don't, I don't, like, If you've been here before and they're like, do you want to take over after the city? I'm going to require you to burn down an hospital. And then you say no, then they kill you and someone else burns down the hospital. You agree, you improvise, you adapt. And if it goes wrong, you agree, you leave the room and then you shoot them in their car when they try to drive away. Do we
0: really want to commit ourselves to these people and this mass number of people.
1: Do we want to commit ourselves to fighting
0: this many people? Yeah, because if we say we're going to do something, then we betray them. They're all coming after us.
1: Yeah, but if we say no,
4: they all come after us. If we betray them, we get to choose when and where they come after us. I mean, half the city's on fire right now, thanks to the Inquisition. But, you know, it's not just us against these vampires.
1: The The Inquisition just killed... My fucking friend, the Inquisition is not someone we could team up with. I'll tell you that right now. If the options are this, are the Inquisition, I'm fucking joining these cunts. I don't even care what they do.
4: I'm just saying we're not the only ones opposing these vampires. I'm not saying we have to join them. I'm saying we're not alone. It's not the same. So you want to... Okay, then what's our plan when we go in? Because right now they only want to fucking
1: talk to Iris. So it's not. It's. I don't think they're going to welcome like it's not Dragon's Den where they're like, "Why don't you come in, pitch what you'd like, and then go talk to the wall about the offer." Like, how do we know what we're all agreeing to or don't agree to? Otherwise, we're just saying Iris drives a bus.
4: Do we just want to say Iris drives a bus? I mean, when it comes to this kind of stuff, Iris handles herself quite well.
1: Well, do before- you know what? I I totally agree. Iris Everett and I both agree that you should make the decision for the group.
0: Great. Thanks, guys.
4: Um, Was that an example of you agreeing and then going to tear my head off later? Or Iris's head off, for that matter? Well, as long as we all agree that we're now committed to this path, then I can explain my reasoning.
1: <laughs> but it's all, right now.
0: Okay, I feel yeah. like it would behoove us to actually, even if we're not going to honor anything we say in there, have a line that we draw. So it does seem like we legitimately have... Values that and lines that we won't cross. So I'm gonna go to Ridley for this one because he has the higher um tolerance for doing things. Um, what is the line that you cross if they ask us to do it? We won't do.
1: Well, I mean, we don't want to kill a bunch of fucking unrelated people. It won't help us. It'll gain a bunch of fucking eat and it causes problems. They want us to go to war with vampires? Fuck yeah. They want us to go to war with the Inquisition, fuck yeah. They want us to go to war with the cops. I mean, I'd be like, what if we don't? But we could do it. But if they're like, we need to start, I don't know. It sounds like sabbat shit from what I know, but like, we don't want to fucking terrorize innocent people, fucking eat people off the streets, like torturing innocent people's fact. Like, that shit, no. But like, all the other shit that lets you take over somewhere and run it effectively, yes. That'd I mean, be what my gut would say.
2: Okay.
3: Everett, do you have any uh, lines you'd like to draw, given
4: that your moral compass is drastically different than theirs? Yeah. um, Honestly, short of killing vampires, and even then, only certain vampires, I'm not too comfortable with murder beyond that. Even the Inquisition is a weird gray space, because I know almost nothing about them. They're not
1: fucking a gray area they fucking killed uh my fucking best friend who owned that fucking bar whose name i have to look up because i'm also malone a, you're so uh, upset tj malone and i fucking suck you know i'm so upset i can't even remember his name i just picture his fucking corpse you shot fucking police officers today the inquisition are the fucking bad guys they'll kill me they'll kill iris and they kill you. it's your secret that you're in the fucking inquisition
4: nope
1: God. <laughs> Cause they're not fucking gray area. We fucking kill all of them. We take their heads and we remove them from the body. And the guts come out, you know, knife goes in, guts come out fucking the old inquisition.
4: Is that it though? Like the inquisition killed the bartender. And now the whole inquisition has to get wiped out. Like,
0: I, I, yes! think, I'm with, I think I'm with Ridley on this one. I think um, if we don't defend ourselves, we will get hunted.
1: Yeah. They also kidnapped her brother. And that's why she's got fucking demon powers. Cause they fucking pumped her full of hell or something.
4: Look, I really uh, – I'm really not on my, my game tonight. Um, I think that's been pretty clear. I was uh a shot in the head earlier. Um, that wasn't super. Uh, and uh, Iris here just helped me. Uh, I don't know the full details, but she helped me uh, keep from making a – I think what was a big mistake based on the context clues uh, earlier this evening – what mistake? Uh, it's not important right now, but... Uh... You
1: whitewash all these fucking things that are clearly important. What the fuck is going on? Iris, why don't you tell me what's going on? Because clearly you know what happened. <clears throat> <clears throat> uh,
0: it, it's kind of not my secret, and I kind of need him to tell you.
1: Wait, so now you're both... We agreed no fucking secrets between at least the fucking two of us.
0: Everett, do you have something to tell Ridley?
4: Just that um, tonight I'm not really in... uh, I'm not feeling like I'm in a good position to be making uh, choices on what what lines I, I can and cannot cross. So... I don't think I have anything to add
3: here. So you're not going to reveal your secret at this time. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. Yeah. Oris, I just want to be clear. The secret that you know, will it get me killed at some point if I'm not aware of it? Like I've been told, it will.
0: I mean, any secret could potentially get you killed. I don't know.
1: Oh fuck you! Fuck you both! Oh, fucking you! Fucking pieces of shit! You fucking. Everett, know that you, you need say. to tell him.
3: Okay, fine.
4: Uh, Can we go somewhere more private than this?
3: The three of you uh, pile into a bathroom, um, like the uh, one of the the sort of large, uh, accessible bathrooms, um, and lock the door. So you're standing in a a, a small, well lit, well appointed uh, bathroom.
4: Great. I take up my revolver uh, and I empty the regular bullets and I put in silver bullets. I close it and I slide it like across the counter of sinks, like over to uh, Ridley and Iris. And I say, um, I eat vampires. This
2: episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Ryan Laplant at the Ryan Laplant on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Megan Miles at Meggie Miles on Twitter, and storyteller Tom McGee at McGee T D on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and all of Dum-Dums and Dice's logos are by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker on Twitter. That's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kyle. Angle and all our ads use the tracks "No Control" in Chiefs by Jazzar. That's J A H Z Z A R. All of their music is available on freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We've also got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon of Darkness at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Sleep well. Children of the Night.
1: Ha ah, ah, ha ah, Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time Christian Manicola, Long Long, the Half Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby. One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield. Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald. Taryn Hefner, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon, too, at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you.
0: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.